Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to welcome all of you to our worship service here at Revley United Methodist Church. Uh, Whether you are a member or a guest, uh, we are glad that you are here with us. And we also welcome those who are worshiping with us online. Uh, my name is Stephen Coleman. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Reveille. Our lead pastor, the Reverend Dr. Pete Moon, is preaching this morning. Today is All Saints Sunday, so we are going to uh, take a moment to remember and honor uh, the saints in our lives, both those who have died and uh, those who are still living. And Pete is going to preach about what it means to be a saint and how to uh, run this race with perseverance, uh, this race of faith. So we are uh, glad that you're here. It's going to be a wonderful service. Uh, A few quick announcements to make. Uh, On November 19th, we will be having our gather and go service. So we will only have one service that Sunday uh, at 930 in the morning. Uh, We will have a brief service here, and then we will go out and do uh, mission work in our community. We will be helping out at the Pace Center, going to Swansboro, doing Rise Against Hunger, and we invite you to go online to sign up for one of those mission opportunities. Uh, So that should be a wonderful Sunday. That'll be on November 19th. I invite you also to look through the bulletin. Uh, and take note of all the other announcements and what is going on in the life of our church. Uh, and we also welcome this back with us today, Ray Chenault, who is back in uh, helping us on our organ while our uh, usual organist, Tom Bailey, is away. So we thank you, Ray, for being here once again with us. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds for the worship of the living God. The Lord be with you.
worship. We remember, O God, countless. We remember, O God. We remember, O God. We remember, O God, the supreme love of Jesus, the blessing of his spirit, the reminder of his words, the sharing of his suffering, the glory of his resurrection. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us worship God with joy.
now, friends, I'd like to invite you to join me in our prayer of common confession. Almighty God, have mercy on us. You desire to make us saints, but we are content to be sinners. You have provided us with the means to become like your Son, but we like who we are as we are. You promise us that we will shine in your eternal glory, but we are happy to turn out the lights and call it a night. Forgive us for not taking up your call to pursue a holy life. Lead us into that better and brighter way through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. Thanks be to God, we have been reconciled and redeemed by Christ's blood. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As people who have been redeemed and reconciled by Christ's blood, I invite you to exchange signs of peace with one another. And I also would love to invite our Director of Children's Ministries, Karen Reels, and our children up to the front. Well, good morning. And while the children are making their way up, my name is Karen Rios. I'm the director of Children's Ministries. And if we have any children who are joining us on the other side of the screen, if you can move a little bit closer, this is your time as well. Well, it's nice seeing all of you come up. It was last week, there was so much going on. And you guys looked a little bit different because we were wearing costumes and things like that. But it's nice having you back. <clears throat> and if you can, earlier we watched the bells proceed up and they are actually right behind us. The bells are a symbol and a sign of people who have made an impact in our lives because they have pointed us to God. And so today, and I actually want to say my daughter Olivia and I actually got to hang a bell for this person. Now, you do not know who this person is, but this was my father, and he passed away about 15 years ago. But my father was very instrumental in helping to show me about my own walk of faith and also how to honor God and build a connection with him. I bet you have some people in your life who have done the same thing for you. And they are the people who show us that it is very important to continue to walk our faith out with love and with that connection. I have these today too. Does anybody want to tell me what these are? Go, May Louise, what is this? Feet. Their feet. Did you hear that? Their feet. 
okay? And one of the things is that I bet that if I put these feet down, do you think that any of you guys could actually put your foot and it, it matches this foot that I'm holding up? It doesn't. Why not? Why not? Go, Izzy. It's too big. That's right. So one of the things that we sometimes say is that we want to fill the shoes of somebody else. Now, my foot's big, but my foot does not even fill that foot, does it? My father used to say that one of the things that would be the difference between an extraordinary person and an ordinary person is the word extra. And the extra that helps, that will help me to fill his shoes, and that perhaps could help you fill the shoes of people that you look up to, would be that connection to God. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for the gift of the saints who have gone before us to help us and show us how important it is to have a relationship with you. We hope that we have a wonderful day. And please bless our pastors as they preach. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You guys can go back to your seat. Please join me in prayer, praying the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, may we hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Today's first lesson is from the book of Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 6a. This may be found on page 1007 of your Pew Bible. This is a prophecy of God's kingdom and of eternal life. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, 
the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our second reading for the morning comes from the book of Hebrews, reading in the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 3. Will you listen now for the Word of God? Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord God, as your word is offered and proclaimed this day, it is our humble prayer that your spirit would be upon each of us individually and collectively. Enable us to see the wonder of who we are, that indeed we might run this race with perseverance. For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You know, on a Tuesday morning, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was taking my grandchildren to school and I received one of those very hard texts. You know, those pull-your-car-over-to-the-side-of-the-road texts. Uh, because for decades, my family and I, we, we had served, uh, worked with a man from Farmville, a community where we had previously served, where I was a pastor. And I had spent decades with this man. Helped introduce him to the faith. Helped him through many a battle. Helped him in marriage. Helped him in many ways uh, throughout those years and watched him go through a whole lot of changes and growth. But he also, at the same time, uh, battled severe depression. And sure enough, in that text, I learned at 7.30 in the morning that he had taken his own life. And that afternoon, his wife called me and um, asked me to preach the service. I, of course, did not hesitate, but I will tell you as you can surmise. It was extraordinarily hard. 
Because we did what you have to do at a funeral like this. You, you name the reality, briefly, but clearly. And you speak of God's grace and presence and love in the midst of it all. And then you work hard to, in the message to, to help folks remember who he was, not just for the last day of his life, but to remember his 64 years and we did it all by God's grace. And we were able to celebrate his life, to laugh together with many of the stories and, and celebrate his character and his personality. But the point was, it was and is very hard to do. Because there is this fundamental spiritual point for all of us, one which rises up out of our reading from Hebrews today, and it goes like this. How we finish our lives matters how we finish our lives it matters you probably read all the leadership books out there the sports analogies where it says the game is actually won in the second half maybe you've read that classic book by bob buford halftime where he reminds us that some of the best years of ministry where you have the most effect for the kingdom the most effect for christ they occur in the second half of your life You've heard the line, it doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. Maybe you've heard battles matter, but in the end you have to win the war. And to one of our points for the morning, the person whom we ultimately become in this life, it matters. It matters in this life, and it matters in the life to come. Well, hopefully all these thoughts come together in our worship today as we celebrate All Saints Sunday. Indeed, this is the day where we celebrate the lives of the saints, where we name the saints who have gone before us into the church eternal. We'll come to this table here, and we're going to light candles here to highlight, honor, and remember their legacy. In a bit, the choir's going to sing about that place where they now reside. But even so, even though we do this pretty consistently, the concept and definition of a saint is a bit vague. So let's just take a brief look at our classic reading from Hebrews this morning and look at the scriptures at large with this question. What is a saint anyway? Who is a saint anyway? Well, some might say, well, it's a, it's a football team, and true, but we can keep going and working the problem. Maybe, I wonder if any of you grew up with that, that classic cookbook that was written years ago by Irma Rombauer, Joy of Cooking. Any of you read that book, grew up with that book, cooking with all that book? Well, in our house, it has a whole lot of stains on the papers because we've used it so often, but if you open up that classic book and you turn to the, to the section on cooking pork, the famously irreverent Irma Baumbauer says this about those medieval saints. She says, A pig resembles a saint in that he is more honored after death than during his lifetime. <laughs> well, we'll probably have to work out of that a little bit. But I, what I really appreciated was the definition of Bible scholar William Barclay, who says this, A saint is someone whose life makes it easier to believe in God. And you know, the scriptures, they give us these visions, certainly, of pictures of the saints in heaven. But the truth be known, the majority of the conversation around this word throughout the scriptures 
is about what it means to be a saint right here, right now, as we live life in this world. Though certainly tradition over the centuries has drawn the attention, our attention, to those particularly godly persons who now reside in eternity, our text for the morning and a, and a host of others drive our attention to the saints who are here, right here and right now. Because saints are the ones you see who have been sanctified. Saints are the, the holy ones, ones made holy not just by our own efforts, but by the grace of Jesus Christ on the cross. And as, else, as such, all believers are saints. All believers are designed to be set apart, to be holy ones who stand out in the world, not only in eternity, but in this world here and now. And you see, that understanding is implicit in this classic reading from the book of Hebrews. And to understand it, it's helpful, I think, to envision what probably the author, the preacher of Hebrews, was envisioning as he wrote these classic words. To envision a sort of sports stadium. Because if you look at the entire 11th chapter, which went before us, it's a description of the men and women of faith who worked so hard, who strove, who, who were, were striving in exercising the faith, but who never really saw the fruit of their efforts. But they still kept at it. Describes in person after person, man after woman. And then it gets down to our reading, chapter 12, and the very first word is, therefore. And the design is to make a pivot for us as readers. It is as though the writer is telling about all these saints of old who have been now ushered into this stadium. And they're handing the running baton, if you will. They're handing it off to you and to me. And then they're making their way into the grandstands to watch us run because the next leg of the race is ours. And they're on one hand, they're there cheering us on. But even more, we are looking to them for inspiration as they say, run, run this race. But as we try to do this, as we grab the baton, as we try to head off down the track, please know that there is guidance in this text about how you and I go about this race to which we are called. First thing he says, get rid of the stuff. Get rid of the baggage. Get rid of the sin that so quickly entangles us. And that is such good guidance, it could fill up an entire sermon. And we could bring it all home with the rousing illustration of Elsa in the Frozen movie about let it go. Good news is that's a whole other sermon, and as tempting as that is to go there, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. But on this All Saints Sunday, I will tell you, it's worth holding on to the key and thematic word in this chapter, and that's simply perseverance. Isn't that one of the, the frustrating things about this race to which we are called? You get tired. Sometimes in this lifetime run of faith, we can't remember why we're running. Sometimes it's hard to find God in the midst of all we're trying to do. In fact, let me just, as an aside, let me say to you, in January, we're going to do a sermon series, and we're going to invite you to participate in this. We're going to do a six-week sermon series entitled Hard Questions, 
And you can see in the bulletin, we'd like you to, to submit your hard question. What's a hard question you're asking God? A hard question you're asking the church? What about your neighbors who aren't here? What hard questions are they asking? Submit it to us. You can put it on the QR code. You can write it on a piece of paper, put it in the bulletin, whatever works. But we're going to take your input and put together this six-week sermon series on hard questions that people are asking today. But we're going to begin that with one particularly germane question, and namely, why doesn't God show up? What about those times when we're running and we're trying and we can't figure, where is God in all this? And the hard thing is this text calls us even when we can't find God in the crowd or in the place. It says, keep on running. Seasons change. Circumstances change. Sometimes indeed God feels right there. Perhaps he doesn't. And yet, keep running. You know, a number of years ago, my wife Lynn and I, we ran the Richmond Marathon. That's going to be next weekend. And uh, we ran it once and we were done with running the marathon, by the way. But we spent months training for that, and, um, but before you get too impressed with all that, please know we were on like the slowest training team available. We didn't, we didn't want to qualify for any. we just wanted to finish that race, but we did it, and we finished it, and it was literally painful. But what I want to say is that there's this point in the Richmond Marathon, Richmond Marathon is 26.2 miles, Right? And so there's this point where you cross the Lee Bridge, heading your way uh, into Monroe Park. And I will tell you, the Lee Bridge is the longest bridge ever created. It feels like you're never going to get off that bridge. And you're running across that bridge, the Lee Bridge, and you're on mile 15. Remember, 26.2 miles. And while you're running the Lee Bridge, you're looking down below you on your right, and you can see the finish line down there. And all the first place finishers are running across the line. And you've got 11 hours and two hours to go. It's painful, but you just have to keep running. Well, here's what I think. I think the Christian life is like that. Doubts come up. Conflicts emerge. Differences come forth. Uh, We get a weariness of tradition and same old, same old. And you know what it is? It's just easier to start walking and stop running. Or, maybe it's easier just to stop and wait for the sag wagon to come and take you to the finish line. But see, we said it. Disciples of Jesus Christ are called to finish well. Because how we finish, it matters. But let me be clear, this, this call to perseverance from the text is not a, just a discipline call, a duty call, willpower call, military call. Instead, it gives us some more guidance. It says, when you get tired, when you're weary, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Isn't that one of the best images in this text? When you get tired, When we doubt, when we can't figure things out. Remember, he went through a cross. When we're struggling in pain and weary. Remember, he went through a cross. And yet, is risen above that to love you and me even today. See, this cloud of witnesses is also there. And they're in the stands. They're they're cheering us on, saying, keep it up. And we look to them, but they also, as we look to them, you know what they say to us? Don't look at us, look at Jesus. But something happens. 
when you keep your eyes on him. Somehow you find the pace. Somehow you find the energy. Somehow you find the way to keep on pressing on and keeping the race. You know what? In just a few weeks, believe it or not, three weeks from today is the first Sunday of Advent. And we're going to sing this hymn on that Sunday. I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. Here's the thing, we don't have to wait three weeks. Something happens, brothers and sisters, when you and I do this text, when we run with perseverance, but when we keep and fix our eyes on Jesus, we are changed. We're changed. To put it in the the theological words of the day, we are sanctified. You know, years ago, the famous poet and painter William Blake, he said this, we become what we behold. We become what we behold. Now, he wrote in the 1700s, and he was using the old King James language. But he was describing that classic language of what happens when you take it in. When you take in the beauty of Christ, the wonder of Christ, the holiness and majesty and forgiveness and hope of the risen Christ. When you take it in and behold it. His point is we are, are changed. But it's also his point is that you and I become that to which we cling. That upon which we focus. You and I become that which we treasure. You and I become that which we most deeply seek. We become what we behold. Jesus said it differently. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, friends, that's, that's beauty of running this race with perseverance. That's the beauty of letting all those things go that are keeping you back. That's the beauty of keeping your eyes on Jesus and running over a lifetime. You become that which you behold. You become like Jesus. You become sanctified. You become, dare we say, a saint. And you and I do that all the way to the finish line, even if it feels like you're on Lee Bridge with a long way to go. Because one day you're going to finish. And I'll finish too. And we're going to take our place in the heavenly throng. And we're going to be there cheering all those folks on. And we too will tell all those runners, don't look at us, look at Jesus. And keep running. But that day is not yet. And so, brothers and sisters, we run with perseverance. The race marked out for us right now in this time and in this place. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. As we run in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let us pray. O gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for the saints in our lives, those that we remember and honor this day, those who have inspired and encouraged us in our lives. We thank you for that in them which continues to live and grow in each of us. We pray also this day, O Lord, for the world around us, a world that is filled with much violence and war and conflict. And we pray for peace and help, especially for Israel and all those who are in the Gaza Strip and all those who uh, continue to face war in Ukraine as well. We pray for peace and protection for those innocent bystanders in particular. We pray this day, O Lord, for anyone who is suffering in any way in mind, body, or spirit. We pray for those who are facing surgery, for those who are recovering from surgery. We pray for healing, for strength. We pray for those who are grieving this day, and especially we lift up Susan Niefler and her family after the death of her mother. Give her and her family and all who grieve your comfort and your peace this day. And we pray for our country. And especially we pray for the upcoming elections that will take place this week. We give you thanks for the privilege and the opportunity to be able to vote. And we pray for our leaders now and for those leaders that we will elect that you would help them to govern with justice and with mercy. We pray, O Lord, this day that you would help us all as we run this race of faith and of life, that you would help us to keep our eyes on you, help us to run with perseverance, the race that is set before us. And we thank you, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us in whatever journeys and circumstances that we face. Hear our prayers this day, and now in the silence of our hearts, we lift up to you any personal concerns that we may have. Hear our prayers this day, O God, as we ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now as we continue to respond to the word read and proclaimed, I invite our ushers to come forward that we may give back to God our tithes and our offerings this day.
You may be seated. of your hymnals, and please know we will also be singing the responses. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is a right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah. God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and of the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on, all the, on the earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, gave it, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your saints, especially those whom we name before you. Harmon Arthur Baldwin. William Robert Blaylock, 
Frederick Robertson Jarrett. Conard Blount Maddox IV. Robert Monte McCarran. Evelyn Breeden McKnight. Bryant Pope Pilcher. Catherine Gaylor Ritter. Edward Augustus Smith III. Christine Chapman Young. And to these names, we add all those names that you and all, you and all of us bring into the room this day as we honor the saints who go before us. And since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we ask, O Lord, that you would strengthen us with perseverance to run the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one in each other, and one in mi- with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together the prayer our Lord taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ is broken for you and for me and for a broken world. Jesus was broken that we might be healed. And the blood of Christ is shed for you and for me and for this world that we might be forgiven and redeemed and set free from our sins to serve Christ in mighty ways. I'd like to invite our communion helpers to come forward now and remind you all that we will serve communion by intinction this morning. We invite you to come down the center aisle. We will have two stations up front. Uh, Come with your hands open. We will place a piece of bread in your hand. You can then dip it into the cup and take the two elements together. If you'd like to kneel at the communion rail and pray, you are welcome to do so, and you can return to your seats by the side aisle. If you are unable to come forward, we will also uh, have servers that are going down the side aisle that can serve you in the pew. 
And we will have gluten-free elements here in the center aisle. Uh, If you need gluten-free this morning or if you are just uh, uncomfortable with taking by intention, uh, we invite you to take a gluten-free packet this morning. Uh, Also at the end of the aisle, you'll see offering plates. This is our communion fund that goes to meet the needs of those in our community. This is the table of the Lord. It is not the table of Reveille Church. It is not the table of the United Methodist Church. For those who love God, for those who uh, seek forgiveness of their sins, for those who long to live in peace with one another, we invite you to come forward. For this is the table of the Lord, and all are welcome. Come now and taste and see that the Lord is good.
Let's offer this prayer together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Make us ever faithful to your high calling. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our final hymn is number 711 for all the saints, verses 1 through 4. Let's stand together and sing. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is marked before us, 
following the author and perfecter of our faith, our Lord Jesus Christ. As we go now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as all God's people say, Amen.